Please be aware that this is for professional investors only. Hello and welcome to the latest NAM Talks. Before we go any further, please be aware that if you have any questions, you can always contact us via our corporate email, which is nordiafunds at nordia.com. So I get the feeling many of us in the financial industry will be glad to see the back of 2022. Uh, it turned out to be one of the worst years ever for both uh, stocks and bonds, and in part, that's because of the end of stimulus. And of course, we've seen interest rates going up as well. But also that's been combined with the most severe energy crisis in decades. And also we've seen the rapidly slowing uh, global economy. All of that carries many uncertainties into the new year and with it uh, a wide range of potential economic um, and market scenarios that could play out. So where does that leave investors? To help give some clarity, we're joined today by portfolio manager Klaus Vorm, who will explain to us how we can seek stability in volatile equity markets. Good morning, Klaus. Good morning. So Klaus, I mentioned there in the introduction about the range of potential scenarios that uh, we might face next year. And I appreciate that you're a, a bottom-up stock selector, but I just wondered if you could just give your take on where you think we are in the business cycle and what perhaps we could expect going into next year. Yes, as you also mentioned, it has been a year with a lot of uncertainties and that will for sure continue next year. Um, and one of the big uncertainties has for sure been the inflation. Uh, we've also seen central banks being very aggressive in terms of their tightening in order to keep inflation under control. And we think it's very likely that they'll continue to do that also next year. However, if you're looking back historically on, on how that typically plays out, then before we see some firm, firm signals that inflation is under control, it's typically too late to avoid a recession. So we think it's very likely um, that in this scenario, we'll start to see more negative revisions from uh, companies and um, potentially also going into recession in 2023. Uh, we have already seen some companies start to be reporting more um, weak numbers, but we for sure think that will continue next year. Uh, some companies will be more exposed to that than others. Um, and that said, of course, equity market has been weak this year. Uh, so it is in general reflecting a more attractive valuation on equities. Uh, so long-term investors should I mean, still be looking at equities, uh, at least that I believe the strategic risk premium looks attractive. However, there are for sure some pockets of the equity market that are more interesting than others. And some equities are not on the valuation reflecting the uncertainties that we are facing next year. Great. So that's the sort of big picture overview. Uh, the idea this morning was really to, to break it down and address you know, the various possible market scenarios that we foresee as being most likely. Um, and then perhaps discuss why we think global stable equities might be a good way um, to position an equity portfolio. Um, so to do that, I thought it would perhaps be best if you could just explain to us uh, from the outset, you know, how you define global stable equities and perhaps touch on the main characteristics. Yeah, let's try to uh, illustrate the investment process uh, behind stable equities. Um, 
And in order to do that, we have this picture illustrating how the uh, equity market is typically being played out. So we have risk on the x-axis and you have return on the y-axis and then you have this black dotted line representing the capital asset pricing model. So more risk you take, the higher return you should expect. However, you also see on the picture the red line, which is illustrating this mispricing that we believe exists in the equity market. So in general, we actually believe that in the low risk segment of the equity market, you generate similar returns as the overall equity market. Sounds a bit counterintuitive, but we believe in general that equity managers are still paying a lot of attention to tracking error. So even though you have a low absolute risk, you might have a high tracking error. So very defensive low risk equities is typically lacking the market in, in when the growth is very strong and therefore the tracking error could be very high. On the other hand, which I personally think is the main explanation for the mispricing is the growth stocks. So the stocks with high growth potential, high beta, I mean, there's a tendency that the market have too high expectations for these equities. So they tend to overshoot on the earnings side. So the realized earnings is typically lower than the expected earnings. And you also typically see the market paying too much for those. So you could say that they're paying too much, so they have too high expectation in terms of what is being delivered. So we think there is a sweet spot by picking the stocks that might not get the full credit for the low absolute risk and to avoid the growth stocks where you typically pay too much for the growth or have too high expectations. So that will be step one in our process will to be to move from the overall equity market down to a sub-segment where you expect to get a more defensive uh, portfolio where you get a better risk return ratio. In our process, um, there are various ways to do that, but we're looking at a lot of the fundamental stability like earning stability, cash flow stability, dividend stability. So companies we're looking into typically are very stable business models with very stable fundamentals. And the advantage by that, if a sub-segment of the market, is that you get a lot of transparency on which you can base valuation. So the second step of the process is trying to apply valuation overlay on the low-risk segment. So add some additional value added on top of just being in the low risk segment. So in general, you could describe the stable equity process as a two-step approach. Step one will be to move down to the low risk segment to get a better risk return ratio, exploit the low risk anomaly. So in our process, that's the prospect list around 350 stocks. And then in that pool of very stable, transparent companies, you then apply a valuation overlay and get exposure to the value premium. So you actually get two type of factor exposures into to the model or into the product. It is step one will be exposure to, to low risk quality. And the second step will be to get exposure to the value premium. And we actually also have another picture from Start Analytics showing the historical exposure, um, factor exposure within uh, the equity product. And here you can also see how it's loading on, on risk. So what you see on the slide is actually the factor exposure for the last 10 years. Um, and the red dot is where the portfolio is currently. So the, the band is showing how the portfolio has been ranging historically, and you can see it's always low on, on risk, and it's always high in quality. So that's a constraint for the portfolio. High quality, high transparency, low risk, low volatility. And then the valuation, as you can see, the blue one is moving a bit more, typically cheaper, than the market, but in line with the market are cheaper. And where we can see the red dot are currently, or is currently is, it's looking very cheap in terms of the current valuation support. And finally, you have the growth element is a little bit more where you are in the business cycle. So when there's a lot of growth, you have less growth. And where there's 
very negative revisions, you have better revisions. Um, and currently, you actually have positive growth in revision for the market due to energy. Um, but I'll come a little bit back more on the revision picture later in, in the talk today. Okay, great. So, so now we've understood what, what stable equities are, and obviously we're talking about global stable equities. What I wanted to do now is go through the different scenarios and, and just address them one by one. And perhaps that you can tell us a bit about you know, how you would expect your portfolio uh, to react in those different circumstances. So to start off, um, you know, how and, and why actually do you think that global stable equities can provide some protection um, in, in you know, interest rate hikes or even perhaps if they just stay where they are or continue to go higher? Yeah, so first of all, if we're talking about the rate sensitivity within stable equities, then we typically see less rate sensitivity than the market in general, and especially relative to, to the growth stocks. So if you're looking at this picture where you see the historical valuation, then um, as we also saw in the previous picture, that we currently find attractive valuation support. But you can also see the spread, how that has been widening from 2016 or so. So in this growth rally we've had in the market since 2016, then the spread between the market and stable equities has been widening. And that has very much been driven by the PE expansion of the growth stocks. So growth has been in a very strong rally for a long time. You have seen PE expansion, very high expectations building up. And then in a year like this, uh, when the rates start to increase and you have high inflation, I mean, then there is a clearly different dynamic between the growth stocks and, and, and stable equities. And I think the reason for growth stocks being more rate sensitive, I think there's actually two reasons for that, was of course the more longer dated cash flows create more rate sensitivity on the net present value. So that's one thing. But another equally important is actually also that when you get into a tough economic environment with higher rates, high inflation, then the growth stocks which are priced for perfection, so we pay a lot for high growth in the future, when you start to question whether that actually will be delivered, you'll see a quite sharp share price reaction. And I think that's what we have seen so far this year on some growth stocks. Um, and we still see a lot of growth stocks that actually, uh, at least based on our view, look quite expensive. And there's clearly a valuation risk still sitting in some of those. So by finding stocks that are more attractive and more reasonable valued, you think actually that, that creates some protection going into an environment like we've been in this year and potentially also will go into next year. Yeah, exactly. And I know that you're not you're not a value investor per se. I think value, that vi value bias you have in the portfolio is, is more as a, as a result of you know, the kind of uh, names that you're looking for. Um, but, but I know that within Morningstar, it ends up often being large cap value. But yeah, I think it's just important to point out you're not a value investor per se. Yeah, that's actually quite an important point because if you're looking at the valuation, some stocks are cheap for a reason. And of course, the value support is not really there if it's the earnings that is going to collapse. I mean, then the cheap stocks is cheap for a reason. Um, so that's leading a bit. I mean, we also have another picture sh showing um, something about the fundamental stability of the portfolio, which is clearly the difference between us and a, a more typical value index. And we have a picture showing the historical development of earnings and dividends combined to the earnings and dividends for the market. And there you can see much more robust development um, and also it's more stable but also better growth over a business cycle. So this robustness of the fundamentals combined with the valuation is what providing the protection uh, which we think the valuation support is providing. And you can also see another 
picture when we compare how our protection in drawdowns are relative to the value index, then it's also very significantly different. We also have a picture here showing how the historical performance has been in, um, in drawdowns. So for each year, you can see how the market has been in the worst drawdown. And relative to that, you have MSCI value and, and the stable equities. And if we are calculating the capture ratio for each year, I mean, how much has MSCI value and how much of stable equity been down relative to the market? You can see there in the bottom, the average capture ratio is significantly lower for stable equity. It's more around 0.6, where it's more around one for value. And in general, you actually typically see that the fundamental beta in value is, is pretty high. So when the earnings is going down, the value earnings is also typically going a lot down and the same on the upside. So the fundamental beta is pretty high, which is very different for stable equities. There you're actually trying to find something that is very robust, stable on the fundamental part. So the underlying fundamental development is much more stable in our companies. And therefore, the valuation support that you're getting is much more likely to be delivered. And we think that's the main difference and also why we expect that uh, stable equity could do better in a recessionary environment than just buying value in general. Exactly. So, so just to recap, so attractivity value companies can protect against the, the high interest rates. And in a recessionary scenario, um, we should consider investing in, in less economically sensitive companies. But so what about in a situation where we see inflation staying high or perhaps even going higher? Yeah, so inflation in general, there's a lot of views on how that will impact the equity market and also individual companies. If you're looking at the equity market in general, then we don't have that many recent observations in terms of a high inflationary environment. But if you go back and take some of the numbers from the 17s, we have a picture here showing how the earnings growth was for S&P 500 back then, how the inflation development was, and then how was the real earnings. And it actually, that indication is at least supporting that equity should provide some kind of protection in a high inflation environment. Um, so in general, equity seemed to be an okay asset class in a high inflationary environment. However, more stable companies, especially high quality companies with a lot of pricing power, can actually even do better than the equity market on average. And actually that's what we think we have a lot of within stable equity is actually high quality companies that are doing well through a business cycle, indicating that they have very firm earnings development, indicating that they have a strong pricing power. So we do think that the portfolio is actually quite well positioned um, relative to the market in a high inflationary environment. You could also look at the earnings revision so far year to date. Um, we have this picture, which is showing how the um, revisions year to date has been for the overall market and also for stable equities. And of course, if you're looking at the total, you can see it's actually quite positive for the market. But if you're looking at the first two lines, energy and materials, that's the main reason. So the reason for the market being positive is that you have seen very significant positive revisions within energy and materials. So if you try to take that out of the equation, then you have the bottom line where you can see the revisions excluding that. And then you actually see that the market is down more in the range four to 5% negative revisions where the stable equity is only half of that. So this fundamental development and the difference in the fundamental development, at least so far, is also being played out in the revision picture. And when we're looking at, at the numbers year to date, we actually feel quite comfortable with the portfolio and how it has been behaving on the revision side. 
So, so beyond 2023 and perhaps looking more at the, you know, the full investment cycle, how have global stable equities performed you know, generally versus the market and against other styles as well? Yes, so I think the reason also why we are presenting stable equities today is the current market environment where we have the situation of potential negative growth. We have also some pockets of the market looking very expensive in terms of valuation. We actually think that the combination of a portfolio that has solid, robust earnings and attractive valuation is a very good way to position yourself as an investor and a good pocket to get exposure to in the current market environment. So one thing is that the current market environment looks attractive, but of course, if you're looking at it long term, then the value proposition in the stable equity is that the risk return ratio over business cycle is very attractive. So it is, of course, a more defensive style, which will be lacking in some environments. So you had the growth environment 17, 18, where the market was very strong and such an environment, it might be lacking somewhat, but then it should provide protection when the market is going down. And then the compounded return is actually looking quite attractive. So if you're looking at this scatter plot, where you see various styles and how they have been performing historically, you actually see how it has relative to the market been providing lower risk and higher return. But also if you're looking at the sharp ratio between stable equities and the other styles, it's actually sticking out as being extremely attractive because it has this combination of the low risk stability and um, within that range actually generating quite attractive returns. Good. And it, it feels like we're sort of an inflection point in the market for, for a little bit this year, but uh, let's see. Um, I'm going to just go to the, the key takeaways now, Klaus, and then perhaps uh, come back to you and just ask if you've got anything that you'd like to add uh, towards the end there. So in terms of the, the key takeaways, uh, the first one, first of all, stable companies well positioned uh, to withstand inflationary pressures, but also raising interest rates and an economic slowdown. So that makes it quite attractive in our opinion. Realistic valuations bring another layer of stability and also reduce the risk of panic selling. And finally, global stable equities have, developed, have delivered on the downside uh, in terms of protection, but also participating in upside and rising markets. So, Klaus, did you have anything to add to that? I think you highlighted a lot of the um, key points um, about what we just have been discussing. But maybe as a final um, statement, in the, in the multi-asset team in Nordea, it's a very important building block and something that we have high exposure to currently and high conviction on. So it is actually something that we are willing to push towards our clients because we think it's an interesting opportunity, but also something we have high conviction on internally in multi-asset. Great. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining us this morning, Klaus, and uh, I look forward to catching up with you again soon. Thank you. Before we sign off, uh, if you're looking for more information on our views and investment solutions, please do go and visit www.nordeaassetmanagement.com. Season's greetings from all of us here at Nordea Asset Management and a very happy new year. See you again in 2023.